Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Start the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog and the Underdog Fantasy Family. Remember, if you guys use code TRIPLE when you make your first deposit, they will match you up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100. Deposit $50, you get $50. Again, on your first deposit, if you use code TRIPLE, get a bunch of fantasy goodness. You can do some Underdog Fantasy Best Ball Drafts. We have those on our YouTube channel every single week. Uh, you can enter some tournaments. It's a lot of good stuff over on Underdog. Check that out. Doc, little cheesecake, Marty Party, and our special guest joining the show tonight. We'll get to in just a second. Doc, what is going on in the world of Doc these days? Just drafted a better best ball team than you. You have John Carl Stanton, so you do not have the better best. Oh, ball. gosh. It was an auto pick. It happened by accident, and I swear I don't endorse Stanton this year. Uh, if you have him on your team, I guess you endorse him. So you, no one's going to know. So that's that's a problem. Elsie in the house tonight. Elsie yes. got his baseball hat. He seems fired up for the show. How's your basketball going these days? My basketball is going well. I'm teaching those 14-year-olds a lesson over at the courts um, in that I am not feeling like I'm going to throw up after I play with them. So that's mm. that's a lesson in in growing old gracefully. That's what I'm teaching them. <laughs> I like it. The old grizzly old veteran. Marty Party just closed a deal with Eric Bledsoe's brother. So that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Marty Party, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put your business out there, but you closed the deal. That's why we're putting it out there. Um, I don't know the, there's the name of the certain laws against the, what uh, against what you just did, but that's okay. You know, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're lawbreakers here. We're lawbreakers <laughs> here. Okay. And it's always funny. We don't know what you're going to bring out for your intro to us. So I'm always interested to see. Um, they never, um, they never cease to amaze me. So thank you, David. Uh, sometimes they, they definitely fall flat, but I appreciate the kind words there. And uh, <laughs> Kyle's a stand is better than his boy, Stephen Kwan. <laughs> So there you go, Doc. No, that's absolutely for you. not. I'll take Stephen Kwan any day. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Of course, we have a special guest joining the show tonight, a man that has not actually been on the show since 2020, according to the research from Cheesecake here. We welcome in a man that brings tranquility to your life as he brings the calming streams. Starting pitcher streamers and all things fantasy baseball, he is a co-owner of Gaining the Edge Fantasy. You can check out their Patreon in his link on his Twitter page. He is a 2022 FSWA Baseball Writer of the Year finalist. Did you know that we have Michael Simeon on the show? <laughs> What's going on? I don't know if that intro was either really good or really bad. Um, <laughs> just because of the stream reference you used there, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, man. You know, it's it's just fun having you back on the show. I didn't realize until we were talking before the show started how long it had been since we had all of us here. And uh, I feel like it's a crime because you're one of my favorite guys, even though you won't golf with me. Uh, but please tell us, tell our audience, tell us <laughs> what's been going on in your world, the the streaming world, gaining the edge. Tell us everything. Yeah, uh, I mean, not much. We I I started a Patreon called Gain the Edge with Mike Curlin. I don't know why I involved him, but um, uh, Bubba on Twitter and um, 
and George Montanez. And we basically all cover like all different aspects of fantasy, uh, ones that we mainly focus on anyway ourselves. So it made a ton of sense. And we started Patreon. And if you want to join it, you could go on my Twitter and I have it pinned on my uh, feed. Yeah, <laughs> Twitter every, feed. <laughs> Whatever you call corner, it. Every corner of the uh, the fantasy baseball world covered there. Bubba, I know just hitting and George does relief pitching, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you obviously do starting pitching, starting pitching streamers, and Curland also doing his his lineups for spring training and his inning yeah. analysis. So again, everything is covered there. You guys got to check out their Patreon uh, as we welcome Albert to the show. Welcome in. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we we plan this out because Nick Pollock week one, you week two. Uh, we have to get the best pitching minds for our audience for our pitching episodes here. As we're a couple weeks away from the season, we're hitting into our starting pitcher preview part two here. So now we're a little bit more away from the studs. Now we're getting into some really intriguing players that we're expecting potentially to break out here. And Simeon, we got to go to you first. Who is the first player? And, and we're we left off at their SP forty five last week, so we're kind of kind of quote unquote go around SP forty six to sixty here. And uh, just again, a reminder: we're using NFBC ADP over the last two weeks for those that want to check the ADP that we're using. So you can look at that. Simeon, give us the first player, first pitcher that you like in this range. Um, I'm going to go with Drew Rasmussen. Uh, I just think he has a really good combination in terms of command and stuff. Um, I think his, you know, his cutter four seam has a lot of deception. They both play off each other really well. Going to get a ton of wins on that team, obviously, because they're always good. He's got the high velo fastball. I just think there's more strikeout potential there than what we've seen. So I think he's going to give you really good ratios across the board. And if he ups those strikeouts, then he could be really valuable. Um, so I just think he's kind of being overlooked. And I think his stuff is just way too good to to not have um, a high strikeout rate. So I think it's going to come into play eventually. I'm not going to lie to you, Michael. I did not hear the player that you picked because I zoned out when you said his name. And then I was waiting for you to say it again. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I actually, I, I, you know what's funny too is when I listen to podcasts, I can't stand that because – so many times I'll like zone out and then I don't know who they're talking about and they never say the name again. So I should try and remember to do that. I just, I'm picking you up. Picking Drew Rasmussen, up. by the way. Yeah. Drew, Matt, Drew Rasmussen. Okay. Wait, so wait. you guys gave me, gave me crap for how I said for a lander last week. He said Rasmussen. Rasmussen, Rasmussen. I say both to switch it up. Rasmussen sounds like he's like royalty, <laughs> like a king. King Rasmussen. Rasmussen to me sounds like a medicine. Consult your doctor, Rasmussen. <laughs> Could be all these things. It sounds like the the sequel to Ratatouille. Rasmussen. All right, as, as we're losing audience members here <laughs> for Rasmussen, <laughs> let me ask you, Mike. So, do you like him the most out of kind of the back end of this raised rotation? I, I see Jeffrey Springs is a popular name that's been talked about here, uh, as well as you know, there's a couple other arms there. Is he your favorite? That's that's not named Shane McClanahan. Obviously, Tyler Glass now is hurt right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, him and Springs, I know, are going back to back in like every draft right now. Mm -hmm. So and I do like Springs almost just as much. um, But I think he edges out Springs a little bit because I think he has better stuff, even though Springs strikeout rate did kind of go up uh, towards the end of the season. But uh, yeah, so Mm -hmm. I I do like him more than than Springs. 
and a 284 ERA last year in 28 games started only 125 strikeouts and 146 innings. But you think that strikeout stuff is going to go up this year. You said, yes. Okay. Well, it's fair enough. I, I do like that baseball savant has started incorporating the sweeper as one of the pitches that they're uh, counting on there. So it's interesting. You can kind of see when um, that stuff takes place here. Uh, Ray is in the comments says Curtis Mead and Jordan Walker. These boys will be part of the MLB squad for opening day. You think so? I I do think Jordan Walker is a lock at this point. Curtis Mead, the Rays' top prospect, I feel like he's definitely making a case for it. I don't know if I feel as strongly about it. Do you guys lean one way or the other on that? I'm with you on both. Walker probably Mead. I don't know. Not not, not yet. Hmm? I agree. Fair enough. <laughs> you agree. <laughs> and uh. Murph is with you. Simeone says uh, Ras is definitely being overlooked going way late in ESPN drafts. ESPN ADP is very wonky. It's a wild uh, west out there. It is. It is very much. <laughs> Justin says, talk Kyle to Gibson. me about Kyle Gibson. <laughs> I, do you have some love for Kyle Gibson, Simeone, that I don't know about? No, I don't. <laughs> I do not. I don't know. I don't know if uh, maybe Justin loves him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't even know if he's in this range. I think he's, he's going to be in next week's episode, the deeper starting pitchers. We did because uh, I used to be part of a twins message board back in the day. And we used to call him so meow. Mi- we used to call the meow mix because he would throw like cat litter. Like <laughs> we'd say that's like his stuff is like putting the cat litter. So we called him meow mix. I can't uh, wait till I go to many O's games and just watch him serve up home runs. I don't know if people, some people are in on, I think Justin might be in on him. Maybe, maybe. I don't know if that's true Perhaps. or not. Um, all right, Marty Party, who is one of the players you like in this range? Let me let me bring that up here. Oh, yeah, so this is the first time I'm finally in on him. Andrew Heaney. I can't believe it. Today, no. this is... Playing with I, fire there, Marty. Yeah, this is the beginning of the end. But no, no, ADP 219. Uh, he's the 59th pitcher off the board. And because of injury concern, for obvious reason, replacement level based on league size is going to be the most important thing. And so what that means is that 10, 12 team leagues, I love him. You know, I don't mind taking that, um, you know, taking the leap there. 15 team fab leagues. Yes, but I have him as my fifth pitcher in TGFBI. And that's where I feel comfortable having three, four studs in front of him. And so there's that upside at the back end draft and hold. And I'm, I'm not there yet, but 10 or 12 team leagues, 15 team leagues with fab. Yeah. Uh, bat projections has him for 140 innings with 169 strikeouts, 3.91 ERA and a 1.16 whip. So, Projected for more strikeouts than Freed and Lucas Giolito. He's projected mm-hmm. to have a better ERA than Jesus Lazardo, Lance Lynn, and Pablo Lopez. I like the team contacts. He started throwing a slider now 32.4% of the time, and batters only have mm-hmm. an XBA of 168 against it. The year before, he threw it less than 1% of the time. So he found something with the slider that I really like. His stuff's always been good. His commands plus, his um, you know, all the metrics look good. Just the injury concern. So if, as long as you build your team properly with an sp1 through four that's pretty solid i don't mind the upside there with heaney uh, as your uh as your fifth pitcher it's such a caveat for liking him well i mean that's where the range contacts. you're getting him at. fantasy baseball is it's yeah. very important to have contacts i will say andrew heaney last year there's a lot of things that you can like in his profile all the era estimators uh still pretty much you even it's a little bit higher than his actual era for a couple of them x era fip are all a little bit higher, XFIP a little lower, actually. Uh, all of stuff very repeatable. Had has had horrible ground ball rates, um, but also had a horrible ground ball rate last year. Still thrived. Home run per nine 
Still not great, 1.73, but still managed to have that 310 ERA. Uh, and the strikeouts took a huge leap last year, going up to over 13. Marty, you're expecting, I'm assuming, some type of regression from him. Uh, but what type of regression do you think you can expect? Are, are we talking about like a, a mid to high threes ERA? Is that in your expectation? Or do you think he can still hover around that like low three, 13K per nine that we saw last year with the Dodgers? Um, yeah, I think the K rate is going to say somewhere around there. I don't know if it's going to be 35.2, maybe more so like around 33, 34. Now the ERA, mm -hmm. I think he's like a 3.5, 3.6. I don't think he's going to be low, low ERA. No. All right. Well, we'll see what a year away from the Dodgers if he turns. And back last thing I'll say, I, I like when Doc, when he hears a good argument, all he still has to poke a hole in it. He has to go around it like that. That, that too many caveats. Like that's what a good argument is. He, he heard no, a good no, argument. He got it, a, it, it made him mad. It, no, it's a, it's a good point, but it's just like, well, here's my thing. Andrew, I like him as an SP5, but what if you just go hitter heavy and he's your SP3? Do you not like him then? Correct. You made a mistake. He's injury prone. That's why you got to build that into it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's Interesting. for sure. All right, LC, I'm going to go to you next because Cheesecake seems to like a rookie here in mm -hmm. Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Obviously, Grayson Rodriguez, the upside is very high, but there obviously is a little bit of a risk taking a rookie uh, at this point in the draft. He's not exactly a bargain. I would say he's definitely not drafted at his ceiling, but he's also not being drafted at his floor either. Uh, have you taken a lot of Grayson Rodriguez and what are your expectations for him? I have one share of Grayson Rodriguez and I got him a little bit later than where he's going right now. Um, I was fully expecting to have him be my fade in this range because I have concerns about the volume, how many innings they're going to actually let him pitch. Um, but as I dug into it a little bit more, <clears throat> my concerns came down to, to health because if he pitches and they, they, and he has 28, 29 starts and gets 130, 140 innings, I mean, this is the guy who could be this year's Spencer Strider. This Whoa. is the guy, you know, it, I mean, it's, you, you look at what, what Grayson did in 2022, his, his minor league strikeout rate is better than Strider. He's got that pedigree of being a great pitcher. And then you look at all the pitchers who were top 30, top 40 pitchers overall in the season and didn't get a ton of innings. Guys like uh, Tony Gonsolin, Max Scherzer, Christian Javier, Brandon Woodruff, Kershaw, Springs, mm -hmm. Rasmussen, Ross Stripling, these guys who had good ratios and, and the ones who got good K per nine, like I expect from Grayson, were, were ranked very high. So, so for me, I think that that he's going to be good. My concern is how does he hold up to the workload for the season? But I mm -hmm. think that that it's you know it's kind of baked into the price that he's not going like if you like Spencer Strider's going 170, 160 picks in front of him. So the guy who I think you know if he gets those 140 innings like we expect from Strider might get you 165, 175 strikeouts. Might might end up with nine or ten wins and and good mm -hmm. ERA and WHIP because um, he has he has better control than Strider showed at a younger age. He has the same strikeout potential that Strider showed. So I think for me, you know, I'm not going to take him everywhere, but I want some exposure to Grayson Rodriguez in this season because I think this is the guy who could have that massive upside. 
That's fair. He also has Adley Rutschman, his catcher, someone that he worked with throughout his time at the minor leagues, and they've called games together. So he's very comfortable with him, and that could help him as he's trying to make a statement in Baltimore this season. But going back to Heaney, 180 innings will be something achieved for Dustin, or I guess this is not Heaney related, Dustin May and Nick Lodola. I wouldn't expect 180 innings from Dustin May. Definitely upcoming, not Dustin May. <laughs> yeah, upcoming Tommy, no Tommy John. Nick Lodolo, though, my That's my awesome. uh, my heart throb Nick Lodolo. I do think he could get there. Heaney, though, from uh, Murph, he could be the Martin Perez, or he could you know have a good season like Martin Perez did. That's for sure. Come out of nowhere. Guy Mike Carter checking. What's up, Mike? Um, yeah, no, I, I, the Grayson Rodriguez upside call is definitely, I mean, you got to take a, a chance on drafting him in a couple places just for that to play out. I think it'd be really hard to replicate Strider's insane strikeout rate last year. He set a major league record for the fewest amount of innings to reach 200 strikeouts, but definitely even just getting 80% of that, 75% of that type of strikeout upside that Strider showed last year definitely could be worth the pick there. Yeah, uh, I'm certainly not saying that he's going to do 13 and a half strikeouts per nine like Strider did. But I think he had like a 38% K rate is insane. It's crazy, yeah, which is better than he did at double A, which is better than his double A numbers, Strider. Yeah. It's insane. Doc, I, Jordan, oh, go ahead. Listen, man. I was just going to say quickly, I like Grayson because he had he's everything you want in a rookie pitcher in terms for fantasy. So what I mean by that is whenever I'm looking at rookie pitchers, the one thing I want from them when they're coming into the majors is command. And he has very, very good command. He has consistent low walk rates. And then you also want a good fastball, which he has a very good fastball as well. So I think he has the makeup to... When he does struggle, he still won't get like he. Won't, I don't think he's going to be getting blown up. I don't think it's you know his ERA his ERA his ERA is going to skyrocket, um, just because I think he has good command of what he's doing and good control of what he wants to do. Whereas sometimes these rookie pitchers who don't have great command, they start getting too wild because they're too pumped up, and it could just get out of hand for mm-hmm. them. So I think he, I think his floor is very high and. He reminds me of George Kirby. Like that's why I loved Kirby last year because again, another pitcher with excellent mm-hmm. command. And I just think they have a much easier time adjusting to major league hitting as opposed to pitchers who kind of struggle with that. All right. That's Grayson Rodriguez. Making about upside. Rodriguez is of it. The doc, Jordan Montgomery. I think he's more of a floor player at this point. I, I know we saw flashes of him with the Cardinals last year, but he doesn't possess, I think that game breaking ability for your fantasy team, but you seem to like him here. He doesn't, but I think when you're drafting, it's important to take guys that have high upside and maybe are a little bit risky and mix them in with players that have a, a solid floor. And that's what you're going to get with Jordan Montgomery. Um, a good workload through 178 innings last year, when at least 20 or went at least five innings in 27 out of his 32 outings. So he's given you opportunities to get wins, which he actually hasn't had a lot of in his career, hasn't hit double digits in wins yet. I do think barring any injury that he gets it this year with the Cardinals, his good command. He walked less than two per nine last year was in the 87th percentile for walk percentage. And I know he's not a high strikeout pitcher and sometimes Mm -hmm. pitching to contact can be dangerous, but last season in New York, he allowed about a home run per nine. I think that's something that uh, in Bush will play a little bit better. It was at 1.06 last season. And once again, I, I know that Babbitt at 275 was pretty low last year, 
I think that will go up. But once again, I think that this is the best environment that he's been in that will give him wins. He gets to face a weaker division. I know they don't play the Brewers and the, or um, I'm sorry, the Pirates and the Reds as many times as they did before uh, historically. But I think Jordan Montgomery is going to be a, just a solid low end SP2, high end SP3. Low end SP2. That's a, that's a, I feel like a ceiling at this point, Doc. Then, and what's wrong with that? Somebody that you're getting in the 46 to 60 range that uh, could be. Does anybody top. think Jordan Montgomery has SP2 written on him this year? He could be like the SP30 and he'd be an SP2 in a 15 team league. I'd be surprised, but ah. I, don't not, I don't not like him. That's fine. I could see him as an SP3. If he gets some wins luck, yeah, wins luck would carry him to to a high rating. For I mean, he's got the defense behind him, which helps. And that's yeah, yeah. I mean, would Kyle would Kyle Wright have been the pitcher he was last year if he didn't get twenty one wins? I mean, he's still had a really good ERA. Strikeouts were up, like a three point one six ERA. But that was a good good ERA. (laughs) Yeah, and Jordan Montgomery's last year was 3.48. So you're talking about 0.32 higher. Um, that's not a huge difference. Ray writes, Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, Chris Paddock, and John Mean, when are they coming back? I think John Means is going to be coming back sometime towards the middle of the season. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Tariq Skubal, I think he's... the first couple he, months. Yeah. And Casey Mize is out right the entire now. season, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, and he might come out like the last month. He might pitch a little bit just to see, you know, in like September. But yeah, he's not going to be anything. Same with Chris Paddock. Don't bang on Chris Paddock for next year. If anything, maybe a few starts at the end of the season. Uh, the player I'll talk about really quick, Hunter Brown. Somebody that we we talked about on the show really early on. And now his helium's definitely been going up now with the Lance McCullers injury. You really saw his talent on display towards the end of the season. Pitched in seven games total, two starts, only two earned runs allowed, 22 strikeouts and 20.1 innings. But I think people really saw once the playoffs started uh, and what he was able to do for the Astros during their run to the World Series. 3.2 innings coming out of the bullpen for the Astros, only allowing two hits, three walks to one strikeout. The whip a little bit high at 136, but... He's got a power curve. He's got a mid-90s fastball to boot. And he models his pitching after after Justin Verlander. So that's kind of who his hero was. He tries to emulate him. And he has the, the mental makeup. He has the physical makeup of someone that can overpower hitters on the mound. He's going to have to limit his walks. That's something that he didn't actually struggle with too much at the major league level, but at the minor leagues had inconsistent ability to locate the plate as much as you would like. Uh, also did benefit from a lot of luck. 90.9% left on base percentage last year with the Astros in his 20.1 innings. So uh, definitely there's some room that he's going to regress, but I do think he is one of those guys before the Lance McCullers injury, you're able to capitalize uh, him being the sixth guy in the rotation and you just draft the talent over the role and you were going to get a lot of good stuff from Hunter Brown. Now his price is going up a little bit, but he's still, I think, very much worth your draft pick here. Um, did I miss something with Dylan Cease? Oh, my God. He I got just lit looked, up. 11 yeah, earned runs. Yeah, yeah. What? 11. 11 yeah. in 0. .2 innings. Well, oh, wow. So he, and... 
when he said that at first, did you guys see Dylan Cease? I thought maybe he was going to get vaccinated. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so I've asked you guys this. Did, uh, <laughs> does this outing knock Dylan Cease's ADP down? I hope so, because then I'll draft him more. Yeah. <laughs> Doc, you're too much. Uh, that's it. I don't think I've – ever seen a pitcher of his caliber give up 11 earned runs it's spring training in spring training. Who cares? i mean even even if you're trying new stuff like i would stop trying the new stuff after you give up like six or seven earned runs but yeah i mean as far as they I, let him go that long honestly yeah well i have yeah. to look at the i want to look at his um his baseball savant page after just to, or uh, just the the uh box score to see if i can see like swinging strikes and, and what he threw uh, just in terms of like what he threw compared to last year mm-hmm Murph says Hunter Brown could be solid. I have him on a few teams. Helped me a lot last season as well as cover players resting at the end of the season. Uh, good point there. Yeah, Hunter Brown really came on and it was money last year. Let's go to the flip side. Let's talk about players we are fading in this range here. Going back to Simeon, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Sanga here. And uh, I'm actually kind of feel like I'm the low person on him. But um, it's it's basically kind of what we were just talking about with Grayson Rodriguez, but the opposite. I know Sanga had issues in terms of command overseas, so um, that's not really what you want. Plus, he relies on a splitter, which has been considered inconsistent at times, so that doesn't help either. He does throw for high velocity, which will help, but I just think he could struggle to adjust, and there's too many question marks when it comes to him. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of these splitter guys that come from overseas tend to tend to struggle and have issues as well. So. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I've been pretty much out on Sanga so far this year. You don't like the ghost forkball. I mean, if he can control and command it all the time, sure, I'd love it. <laughs> what is his like other second? I mean, no, he, I think he throws like 96, right? If I'm not mistaken, like right. Yeah, he it. throws high 90s. Yeah, he throws. He's got the splitter slider i think i think he's got a curveball too i mean it'll be interesting because the mets need him to step up i feel like after the big dogs the the one two uh there's there's quality arms but i don't think there's like a no doubt about it this guy can step in as the three and you feel confident right is there anybody at that for right now that you feel like can step in behind those guys that you're like he's taking the mound i feel good I mean, not really, but I think that's why they have such good depth with yeah. Peterson and McGill because they just, you know, they, they needed that. Um, so I think, you know, I I think they have enough enough depth to support it. Um, I actually am a big fan of Carrasco, but his velocity has been so down. I'm waiting for it to come yeah. back up <laughs> at this point. Um, although I wouldn't be too worried with him because he's a veteran and they tend to know what, what to do and they tend to like take take some velo off at the beginning anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean a little worry, but not too much just because of everything that everyone that they have there to back them up. I think it's important. I know Rob DiPietro put the video out of when they were talking about Chris Bassett and his velocity being down Yeah, and they said that was intentional yes. that he, he, he wants. So I think that's one of the things to keep in mind when we're talking about velocity is guys <laughs> might not be throwing as hard as they can because they're trying to kind of prolong it throughout the season. So, yeah. Um, that's just something to make sure we always note up there. Marty, I know you originally were going to put Senga as your fate here, and then you changed it to Brady Singer. Are you going to stick with Singer or are you going back to Senga? I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Singer, but yeah. Um, 
It was close. It was close. But um, yeah, so Brady Singer, 189 ADP. He's the 54th pitcher off the board. Uh, bad projections have him for 177 innings pitched, which I do like. But yeah, only 158 strikeouts with a 4.12 ERA and a higher higher on the whip, 1.31. So I don't like him, obviously, for wins. I don't think the Royals are there yet, no matter, you know, their team's a little bit a um, little bit better, but as far as wins overall, I don't love it. I mean, he's a command pitcher with like basically an average strikeout rate of 24.2. His XERA was closer to four last year, and that would be – I think most people consider it last year like a breakout year for him. Um, so, I don't know. I just like the like the upside of like Jeffrey Springs or Hunter Brown or Heaney in this spot. So, uh, no Singer for me. So, even with his improving changeup, you are out on – Singer is one of those guys I've seen rising up draft boards recently. Uh, yeah, talk- I have – I have one um, share of them from the FPAS, you know, early fall uh, draft yeah. that we did, you know, and I think I have some, like my, my fifth starting pitcher. So I guess I'm not completely out on him earlier, but yeah, as he keeps rising up, there's just, there's no upside there we're, we're expecting him pretty much at his ceiling to perform. And I just, I'm not doing it. Do any of you guys buy in the belief that just teams are, can be so bad at developing pitching that even when you hear guys are making strides, they just they pitch for a certain team that you're out on them. Again, the Royals had really struggled to develop their high end pitching. I mean, thinking like Asa Lacy, obviously, like Brady mm-hmm. Singer has been probably like the best one they've had, and even he's not been great. Uh, they have a bunch of other young pitchers that they've had too. I just at the top of my head, just I blanked on, but uh, that that's that what scares me about the Royals is like. I feel like this is just a continuing thing every year. We get excited about some of these players and they still disappoint us. Yeah. Like on the flip side of that, thinking about the Dodgers or the Tampa Bay Rays or Cleveland, you know how they've been able to develop pitching Mm -hmm. for the last decade, you know, um, pretty much consistently. There are teams like the Detroit Tigers or the Royals, you know, or the twins Mm -hmm. that are on the outside of that, that haven't, Mm -hmm. I just attacked the AL central, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, just, yeah, they haven't been able to develop that. So I think that's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And that's always in the back of my mind a little bit. Um, not so Mm -hmm. much with singer. I just think where he's going with his ADP, this is a ceiling. I think right. the Royals too um, made an effort finally to get a new pitching coach and kind of change their pitcher development strategy this off season because they had been running out a person who it turns out, and I didn't know this until this off season was considered probably the worst pitching coach in baseball and Cal Eldred and doing that old Pittsburgh pirates, uh, um, you know, low sinkers type of, of, old school pitching approach. And so I think, you know, we, we can consider it a new regime there in their pitching development and hopefully better results. Yeah, fair enough. It'd be very interesting to see how that plays out. Elsie, let's go back to you. Tell us about your fate in this range. Uh, I'm fading Patrick Sandoval. Um, This is a big draft strategy thing for me. I don't really like whip killers, guys who, who walk a lot of of players um sandoval's a whip killer his walk rates his walk rates really high and unless and unless he gets a lot of babic babip luck uh his mm-hmm. whip is going to be really high 1.3 or higher and i think that just is so hard to make up for when this is one of your top starters he's you know fourth or fifth starter at this point and you're throwing him out there every week it's hard to make up for that much of a, a whip killer it's interesting because I've heard people still say, hey, the changeup is still elite, uh, but he just hadn't been able to keep people off the bases, and that's, I know why you're fading him. Uh, is there another gear there for him, or did we see the best of him already? 
Whew. I mean, I know that there's talk. I mean, Mike, Mike probably knows better than I do whether there's more strikeout upside in Sandoval. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know that there's some talk. I kind of think it is who he, he is who he is at this point. Um, I think you're going to get pretty much the same of what you got last year. I mean, maybe a little worse in the ERA area, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he's got really good breaking pitches that should have more potential, but it just never seems to come to fruition. So, and like you said, he continues, will probably continue to have the horrendous whip. So that's just going to kill you. Yeah. I'm with you guys there. Jasper checking in tonight. What's up, Jasper? Thanks for hanging and watching the show. Doc, really quick, give us your fade in this range. Uh, fading Pablo Lopez. Um, and if you even did out a draft, of oh, yeah, out of my <laughs> yeah, if you did a draft where you could uh, get people for the first month, he would be good. Um, and he's a guy that starts out hot but then really tails off. I don't think we'll see another 180 innings. I think that was pushing it. Projections have him between 156, 171, but he had a 0.39 ERA last year in April. Then it went up to 0.78 in May, 0.534 in June and was four plus the last three months. Didn't pitch the second half of 2021. Going back to 2020, the first half ERA 2.42 to a 4.37 second half. Um, I also don't draft guys that can blow up for nine earned runs on any given day, which I think Pablo Lopez is capable of. And I know he's playing in a new um, in a new division going to the AL, but I just I'm not a fan of his uh, of his skill set, so. This is too rich for me. Okay. Uh, my fate, I, you know, I'm going to keep my stuff quick. Tony Gonsolin, is anybody in on him? I know he's not definitely not like a super high draft price. He doesn't really go deep into games as often as I'd like. I feel like he kind of benefited from a little bit of, of better luck last season. Strikeouts are not in, amazing. It's under a K per nine for him. Uh, I think he just outperformed what we can expect from him year after year. Does anybody think... Tony got Tony Gonsolin is going to be worth it. Obviously, sixteen and one record last year, sparkling. But um, anybody in on Tony Gonsolin? I don't have any shares of him, but I wouldn't turn it down. It just seems it seems like people get him a little bit earlier than I'm comfortable with, but I'm not completely completely out on him. Okay. Yeah, I agree. All right, then let's move on. Let's go to the next range here. Let's go to the sixty-one to seventy-five range. It's, I, I like this range a little bit better than the first range we were just at here. Simeon, back to you, who is a player that you just have to get a lot of here, someone you're looking for in every draft. Oh, um, I'm going to lean Alex Cobb here. Um, I just think he had a ton of bad luck last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of the ERA indicators show that he really performed so much better. He's going to perform so much better. The, you know, the really high BABIP, the um, the low left on base percentage. And meanwhile, the splitter was still there and still awesome and getting a ton of whiffs. Um, he went on a really good tear, I think, the second half of the season. I, I think the only worry and what can still hold him back is that terrible Giants defense. It didn't get any better. It might have even looked – it kind of looks even worse, actually. Um, so that could hurt him because he's a high ground ball pitcher plus – you know, no shift, although I don't think they shift that much last year anyway. Um, but yeah, so I just think in terms of like raw stuff, he has the the skill set to, you know, put up like a three, three to three, four ERA with a, with a good whip. 
if everything comes together. And I don't think you could find um, that kind of upside in a lot of pitchers around here, especially especially with his upside in strikeouts too, where I think you get like a 20% strikeout rate. Now, let me ask you, he, he was one of the players that came and he hated the pitch clock. said it doesn't feel like pitching and it seems like it's really flustering him. Does that concern you uh, at all? No, because I mean, I've seen several people, I mean, several pitchers say that already. And um, I don't know, I wouldn't be like, I know Gosman is kind of having an issue too. Um, I don't, eh, I don't know. It's so hard to like quantify that kind of stuff where I just don't even bother because I'll, I'll, you know, I feel like you got to really see a sample size of it before adjusting. I don't even know how to properly adjust that. Like, so what's that going to mean? Gives up maybe an extra run every three starts or something because of it. Who knows? But um, so, yeah, it doesn't really worry me too much. The That's the only thing I'm, I'm worried about in the sense of like, if he's one of those pitchers that's going to be really methodical and thinking about what he wants to pitch and needs the time to think about like what he wants to throw. And that makes it so he can't throw the pitch he wants all the time, or he's not getting as good a feel or whatever the, like there's so many factors in that, that scare me a little bit, not maybe not enough to, to completely not want to draft him. But uh, if I already see someone coming out saying that, that definitely does scare me a little bit, but like you said, maybe it's, you know, after he gets used to it, it's something in hindsight doesn't matter. So, um, or maybe it even knocks him some ADP down and, and you can get him at even better value. So uh, I can definitely see Alex Cobb being somebody that could pay off in a big way. Doc, let's go to you next. Let's talk about the player in this range that you're scooping up. You remember when I said last year I was quitting Jose Barrios and it favored me very well? Yes. Well, I picked the right year to not draft him, but now you're getting the best value ever. I don't think I ever... Uh, remember seeing him in this 61 to 75 range. I'm trying to figure out where he's going exactly right now on NFBC ADP. Um, Jose Barrios right now is the 85th pitcher with an ADP of 232. So look, I know the metrics were bad last year, 13th percentile on average exit velocity, 11th percentile hard hit percentage, fifth percentile in slug 15th in barrel. He's still got 12 wins being on a good offense. And I know I think a big thing was his fastball and sinker got hit really hard, a 349 and a 317 um, batting average against. But he came out saying that he's working on some mechanical issues and that he's hoping that um, by by not having his neck turned but facing the batter the entire time, he'll get a little bit better velocity. I just think that he's on a team where he's going to get a lot of wins as evidenced by last year and somebody that is going to be really durable. He's gone 150 in the last three seasons. At this range, I think I'm willing to take the chance on him this year. Now, I completely agree. Oh, Doc, let me ask you because what's up? Do you agree? Yeah, I just said I completely agree. Or was that one of your? Was that your guy too? Um, no, but I've it, it is one of my guys as well. Not for the show, but just in general, I've I have been like on four or five teams already. Who am I? Space top eight guy. Mofo show. (laughs) Maybe. Now, Doc, for Jose Barrios, with the park changing in Toronto, does that not scare you at all? I think we're going to have to see how it it is. Like, we can speculate how it's going to be during the regular season, but same thing we're talking about pitch clock here. Mm -hmm. And when the increased base pass, 
we don't know necessarily how it will affect until it's actually in play. What ball is MLB going to use this year? Like, I'm not, I'm trying to not get into speculative reasoning until we actually see a sample size of games played. Okay. I mean, he does have, a, I mean, it's not outrageously higher than major league average, but his fly ball rate is a little bit higher than major league average. And again, anytime the, the park is changing for the better for hitters and they already have a higher fly ball rate than, you know, the average pitcher that those two things kind of scare me a little bit. Uh, obviously he also is no stranger to giving up a ton of runs and home runs. So that that uh, is definitely something I'm I'm looking at. I will have zero Jose Barrios probably. Um, and uh, Jasper says Gonsolin, Lauer, Gilbert, and Urquidy. I think are guys he has on his uh, dynasty team. They're pretty stacked. Uncle Ted wants to talk about Bobby Miller, but it will not be on this episode because he is a uh, a deeper sleeper. We'll get onto the the episode uh, episode three for starting pitchers. Marty, let's go to you. Your player that you actually were going to choose. I can't believe I'm doing this either, man. I'm all, I feel like a, like a new person, you know, like for years and years, I did not draft any of these pitchers. And now I think I, with every, with how bad my pitching was last year, I'm switching it all up. So Nathan Avaldi, ADP 242, 69th pitcher off the board, Mm -hmm. a little news on him. So yeah, he had the, um, the left side tightness in camp last week. He's going to be throwing a light bullpen session tomorrow. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, bad projection uh, has him for 155 innings pitched. Um, fingers crossed on that one. 141 strikeouts, a 4.10 ERA, and a 1.19 WHIP. His stuff's great. He locates well. Um, everything still plays up. You know, even at 33, injury risk is the biggest thing. Just like Heaney. So again, you have to build in a, a solid. Um, and that's what I'm gonna do with these later picks. You know, my fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh SP. I'm mm. going for upside. So. I like where he's at. I think if you've drafted like a Chris Sale or like a Kershaw or you know veterans that may be hurt, you stay away from him. But mm-hmm. if you've gone pretty conservative, I love his upside at this. I mean, we've seen him do it before on the Rays. He's been hurt. I don't know. I, I, I like where um, – I can't believe I'm doing it, but I'm all in. I think the we biggest a- thing with Eovaldi is that his fastball velocity basically died out the second half of last year because he, he was clearly hurt. And then, Ooh. but in spring training, his velo was way up, and that was yep. like huge. So for me, I'm with you on that, Marty. Yeah, his last our- game. I was gonna say his last game out, he retired six hitters and 19 pitches, and he touched 98 two or three times. It's mm-hmm. per- I mean, he experienced, uh, you know, tightness after that, but no, that's hey, all right. <laughs> you know, as long as the velo's back, yeah. it's all that. <laughs> there you go. We have our first cage match because this is Elsie's fade in this range. It took a while, but we finally have a disagreement here. Elsie, you Bring are fading. You are fading, Nathan Evaldi. Why? Um, I'm fading Evaldi because of the velo drop last year. Because of the sh- the tightness already, I think you know 109 innings last year. I think that there's a possibility that that Texas staff is going to all be you know in slings half the season, and Ivaldi's <laughs> right in there with it. I think I think uh, you know the injury concerns are are, are awful. I think also uh, Murph brings up a good point. It seems like Evo is a better first half pitcher than second half pitcher. Continuously, he's kind of. Maybe tailed off in the second half. I don't know if it's. I've never looked into that. Maybe I, I, I want to look at this his splits in a second. Um, Ray adds, "What about Alex Wood? It's his trump card." I think I've I've set sail on the Alex Wood train. But uh, Ray, if, if he pays off, I'm going to say it's your guy this year. So I'll, I'll point everybody to you. 
Nathan Evaldi is definitely somebody that's tricky. Um, but I, I think it's a high risk, high reward pick like we, you guys talked about. Um, did we, are you have Merrill Kelly as the player you want to talk about in this range who had been complete balls before last year, <laughs> for being honest. <laughs> and now he's, he was pretty decent last year. You think he can replicate that? I, I do, and I want to I want to throw in a and a and a free one for everybody. Noah Syndergaard's looked pretty good so far this this spring, oh, you and, and everybody else I can't, loves him. I I can't I can't quit him. I think I think there's a chance that he's going to do really well for the Dodgers. But I I'm I'm gonna that's all I want to say about that because I already brought him up in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Merrill Kelly, the thing you want with him, the thing you're getting with him, the volume he pitched 200 innings last season. Now, it, people who throw that type of volume, there's almost no chance. There, there's a very good chance they are they are worth their pick. Um, if you looked at the top 50 pitchers in innings last year, 80% of them, thir- well, almost 80%, 38 out of 50, were in the top 100 overall pitchers. So just getting the volume is so is so important to, to your to your placement and to your value for a team. I think. Uh, you know he made strides strides under the new pitching coach last season, and the uh, just as the entire staff did. I think he's going to keep uh, um, much of the gains, and if he continues to throw that volume, he throws almost two hundred innings. There's almost no way he's not a top one hundred pitcher, and well worth that 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 pick. Doc, what's your rule? If they have a Pokemon in their name, don't draft them. Yeah. Um, that is, that is kind of true, but Merrill Kelly kind of did it last year. I mean, David, your rule is no draft. Nobody that had thoracic outlet syndrome and there. That's he did. They, they canceled each other out. They did. Double, yeah, the negative. Double, negative. double negative. It always does that. Um, but yeah, Merrill Kelly, definitely interesting. Let me ask you guys really quick, really. Yes or no. Around the horn. Will you have any Merrill Kelly on your rosters this year? Simeone? No, he's my least favorite in this group. I was going to say. Oh, oh, we have another cage match. Woo! Bring it on. Okay, go ahead, Simeon. Leads right into it. Well, <laughs> there's nothing. Um, it's nothing like I don't have anything too crazy to back it up. It honestly, just for me, like in this in this range, I mean, unless you went super risky early on, which isn't really smart. I mean, he's just insanely boring. Um, yeah, <laughs> may, may, maybe true. maybe he'll maybe he'll get you 200 innings, but like. One, I don't know what the chances of that happening again are. Two, even if he does, his he's basically not getting you any strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And um, three, I just think there's no upside there, and that's the biggest point point at this part of the draft. Like you want to take someone who can potentially win you your league with obviously somewhat has somewhat decent of a decent floor, but um, Kelly just doesn't do that. Like he's not going to do anything for you. I mean. Again, unless you just have a super risky te- uh, pitching staff at this point, mm-hmm. or I guess I could see it maybe in like a 15-team like draft champion league just because you always have someone, sure. Um, but, I mean, he's never pitched 200 innings in majors before. Um, I just – I don't know. I don't see – I just think he's super boring. It's just not worth the pick. Okay. I mean, there is the point that, um, that Ted brings up, Brent Strom being there, definitely – can't hurt the situation. The yes. Yeah. He's very good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't, I'm not a big believer in Kelly this year. I, I, my gut says he's going to be someone that behind your gaining the edge Patreon, that he's going to be someone that gets featured as a streamer this year. At Probably. Various points. 
And by just, the way, Eovaldi was better in the second half in 2021. He was. Okay. So Ted or uh, Murph, we get that was fact checking Murph's call there. Um, and there's a lot of great prospects as Ted bringing up Dre Jamison, Brandon Fat, uh, a, a ton of great guys that we'll get to in our last starting pitcher preview. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys a story. I've got my book <laughs> for mine. This will be my longest one. There was once a man named Sean who last year made you go, Manaya, yaya, yaya. But this year you're going to go, Manaya, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he is. <laughs> that was painful. To Can do. you tell David's getting ready to be a dad? Yeah. It, all right. But for real, though. Sean Manaya is my favorite player in this range. He's going to be in my MySpace top eight uh, overall for the all positions. He's going to be absolutely dynamite this year. Keep in mind, this was all before the velo bump that we saw in his first start. I didn't wasn't able to look and see his velo for his second start where he gave up four runs. Um, but at least in his first start, the velo was up to 96. So this is a guy that has 885 career innings. And over those 885 career innings, a 407 career ERA and 406 fit, very much a league average pitcher. Uh, but one of the things he'd been throwing is basically his bread and butter was a low 90s sinker that he threw over 60% of the time. In 2022, that pitch had 2.4 fewer inches of drop than any other sinkers thrown in that same velocity and about an inch less horizontal run, and it killed him last year. 1.65 home run per nine, the second highest among all pitchers with at least 130 innings last year. Uh, 496 ERA, not good, but 453 FIP shows that there was some room for regression as well as a 390 Sierra. Basically, look at the fly ball rate, 13.1 career fly ball rate. Last year was 14.9. So I just think overall was a lot of bad luck for him. But what has me really excited for Sean Manaya this year is the uh, seam-shifted wake approach that Logan Webb adapted. And the Giants like to try to use with them some of their pitchers. Uh, the seam-shifted wake is definitely over my head in terms of like all the, the parts about it. But basically what it is is same axis, close to the same velocities, but uh, and similar spin rates but the movement is very different off the pitches. So it looks the same coming out, but the movement is very different. And one of the things that it maximizes in the seam shift and wake is the sinker and the, uh, the sinker changeup combination that he throws. And that's again, Logan Webb's top pitches, same type of thing. And Logan Webb was really able to ascend. So I think the giants, from what I was reading, they're really interested to try to that same approach with him. And the fact that the velocity is up only makes me even more encouraged. I think you're getting an absolute bargain with Sean Manaya. And I think he's going to be the latest Giants reclamation project. And the ADP is not reflecting that. So I thought he was in the next group. Well, I had him in the next group and I had him as my least favorite. Um, I completely disagree. <laughs> oh, I mean, the- King's Let's, match! Go. King's match! Let's go. All right. Um. <laughs> I knew you liked him, so I I wrote down oh, some you, notes. <laughs> you um, all right, so I don't I don't know if you ever look at Eno Stuff Plus ranking, which basically takes everything like all the makeup of the pitch in terms of mm-hmm. movement, velocity, you know, ver- vertical approach angle, that kind of stuff. He has a he had a Stuff Plus ranking worse than Zach Thompson last year. Um, he throws for a low velocity. I know you said it seemed to increase but I still don't think it's going to be high enough to really make an impact, um, especially that home run rate last season was horrendous. 
Um, I really think he just has bad mechanics. I mean, he likes to throw across his body too much, and he's been doing that his entire career. And it has always led to him being very inconsistent. Like he always goes on these like little runs where he pitches well, but then because of his bad mechanics, he be- gets a little more wild. And because he doesn't throw fast and he relies on deception, it just doesn't end up really working out for him. And not only that, he has a massive splits issue against left-handed hitters. He is like one of the worst XFIPs in the league. So I just think you're looking at a pitcher who's been doing this. He's basically just mediocre in his 391 innings. He has a 4-4-2 ERA with an XFIP and Sierra of a high 3-8 ERA pitcher, which to me settles him in around a 4 ERA guy. So I just think, I mean, I'd much rather have Merrill Kelly than him, honestly. Whoa, wait a second. Do you want to make a, we want to make a bet on the, the pod? <laughs> Who finishes higher next year? That's fine. Uh, all right. Based on, uh, based on what? Razzball? Uh, Razzball player rater? That's fine. Minimum what? 120? 120 Yeah, innings? okay. Minimum 120 innings. Loser pays for the winner's round of golf. Works for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, the one thing I'll say with Manai, I mean, I, again, I talked about the home run to fly ball rate way higher than his career average uh, average last year. If he's touching 96 miles per hour, does that change your feeling about him at all? If if he's that, if his velocity's up, I mean, he went to drive line, so th- there is a potential that that actually sticks. I mean, yeah, for sure, there's potential, but. I, you got to see him do it for an entire season. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be able to throw 96 for 30 starts. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, I just think I, I would really have to see it and see the different movement on stuff like that. But I mean, I can only go off of what we actually know, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't see a good pitcher. Never have. I never understood the hype around him. So many people love him. I don't know why. Again, you're like the deception part is, is big. Um, he's in the 98th percentile extension, so the ball comes on you quick, even if he is uh, throwing it at like 90 to 92. Even if that's why I'm uh, like wondering, even if we get it, if it goes down to like 93, 94, uh, that's still higher than what he was throwing before last year. So I, I just, I think last year was such an admira- uh, aberration for him. And he had still been a league average pitcher before last year. So I, I mean, I don't think he's a five-year-old guy. I think he's a four-year-old guy, but that's just still not great. He's just not. I'd much rather other pitchers around him. Oh, man, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Giant staff is sneaky. Ross Stripling and Manaya for Rodon. He uh, said, very fair critique, Michael. I'm hoping for the best as a Giants fan. Don't worry, uh, Gino. Manaya is going to bring you to the promised land. David, I promise. Is going to say something? But if you look in the private <laughs> chat, we made a Sean Manaya poem. Did you really? Yes. <laughs> there, there was once a man named Manaya, whose ERA couldn't be higher. He, <laughs> he went to Francisco, listened to disco, and now the Giants took a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> and David was a buyer. <laughs> David was. A, oh my God, that was hilarious. Oh man, that, you just stay for the episode just for the just for the poem. <laughs> Fantastic! I, I lost where we were even at. Um, I think we were on the we were kind of mixing fades and favorites here. So I think since we're kind of like all over the place here, Mike, if there, uh, I'm sure there's like one or two other pitchers you had written down for either fades or favorites here. If you want to go over the other pitchers you have, and then we'll just kind of go around the table here. 
what, are we in the next group now? Where are we? Now? I think because <laughs> we, we kind of hopped around. We kind of hopped around because there were so many cage matches after it was so dry in the beginning. Well, I went, I went back to back least favorites, and I didn't do any backups for least favorites. So <laughs> um, any, I could talk favorites? about a favorite for yeah. the next. Yeah, talk about that for I the did. next range. I mean, the next grouping, I've been a big fan of Kyle Bradish. Um, in August and September, he had a 329 ERA with a low home run rate and a 118 whip. Um, basically, what he did was he dropped his four seam usage and he started to rely on his breaking balls more, both of which mm-hmm. I think are sneaky good. Um, and I think the Orioles really started to realize this towards the end of last season, too. And that's why he was just pitching much better. Um, his velo has been up in spring, which is nice as well. And I know I just talked about stuff plus. His stuff plus last year, although fewer innings, ranked higher than Tristan McKenzie, Justin Verlander, Luis Castillo, and Shane Bieber. It's interesting. Um, First of all, is it Bradish or Bradish? Bradish. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I heard Bradish and I was like, wait a second. Um, I've heard people say both. So I just like, I don't know. Sometimes I go back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think his ceiling is this year? Like a, a top 40 pitcher? Or do you see it even higher than that? It's tough to tell because I would want to see if the strikeouts really come forward or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I would say like, I don't know if I would go as far as to say top 30 yet. I'd have to say top 40. Sure. Who do you think's better him or Tristan McKenzie? <laughs> McKenzie. Okay. Okay. I was thinking <laughs> uh, what do you, by far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you said his stuff? Plus, I was like, maybe he'll start swaying the other way. We could have another, uh, Round of golf on the line here. <laughs> no, sh- no, not that. <laughs> stuff plus doesn't mean everything, but it's That's just a true. good way to see some potential and stuff like that. Uh, there's another um, poem that's being worked on here in the private chat. I'll wait till it's finished. It's obviously, they're obviously they're not paying attention to our conversation here, Mike. We're just on an island by that's ourselves. Fine. That's fine. Uh, Marty, if, if I, let's go to you. Um, any other players you want to bring up, either for positive or negative here? Um, yeah, me and Doc are going to tag team Jack Flaherty real quick. Get this out of the way. Uh, um, this is a PG rated show. Yeah. Way. Um, so Mr. Flaherty, he's an obvious health risk. Mm-hmm. Even when he does pitch, he doesn't pitch good. Um, he hasn't had an XERA lower than 4.89 since 2019. Mm-hmm. So his last 154 innings have basically been awful. And he's on the outside looking in as far as like the uh, the front office of the Cardinals. They don't see eye to eye on many different things. I mean, I'll see how he does this year. I might be in, you know, for next year, but I, I don't see a reason for taking him. Um, ADP 224, 63rd pitcher off the board. Doc, mm. what, what do you got? David, uh, it is also an adult show because of art, and we have to put the labels on that. That's for each very show. true. Very true. Um, <laughs> the durability 40, 78, 36 innings. Um, he's been throwing the fastball more and more, close to 50% mm-hmm. last season, and it tops out at uh, about 93, which is the 39th percentile fastball, fastball velocity. And he already has a calf issue this spring. Like he's not even healthy going into the season. All right. Fair enough. Then I think we're all on the last range of players here. And um, we did finish our poem, by the way. Did you? Um, uh-huh. Oh, I'm scared to read it. All right. For our audience, <laughs> SP Streamer likes Braddish, even though he has been baddish. He got into the crown <laughs> into, into a radish. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> There's not many things that rhyme with Braddish, okay? It's yeah, really but, not. <laughs> but uh, I, he got hit into the ground and turned into a radish. <laughs> I liked the Mania poem. You guys are losing steam here. <laughs> oh, my God. Save for the poems. Um, Elsie, let's, let's have you finish up in this for the final range here. Because you took the um, Carrasco, which Simeon said he liked earlier, but then was scared about the Velo. He is a like for you in this final range. Yeah. Well, I had not heard that his Velo was down this spring, but like like Mike said, he's an older veteran pitcher. I don't I don't think that he's going to have any problem working his way into into season shape. I think that you could see him. Um, he, he still strikes out at least uh, nine per nine, at least one per inning. His ERA indicators were much better than he ended up last season. Um, and I think that uh, he had a little bit of Babbitt bad luck last season, so his whip could come back down below into the 1.2s. Um, pitching for that great, you know, excellent Mets team, he was able to get 15 wins last season. And uh, I think, you know, he's just going to be out there every fifth day again getting getting good to – good strikeout numbers and pitching for a good team, possibly getting you a lot of wins. I, I really like him this season. Um, and so I've been targeting him a lot in this range. And do you want me to say who I'm yeah, fading, fading as well? Him. Yeah. Uh, I'm fading Ranger Suarez, someone who I was way in on last season, but all of the, all of the issues that people warned me might come up last season actually did come up last season. His, his whip went way up. He, his strikeouts dropped his walks went up, and uh, so I just don't trust him. Even though his ERA was pretty good, it came with a pretty poor WHIP, and his home runs, uh, uh, his home run suppression went away. So I, I don't trust Ranger Suarez as like uh, in this range as much as a lot of the other guys going there. So I've been fading him as well. After he really came on um, towards the end of a couple seasons ago, he has kind of looked like a, a best of league average pitcher. Uh, so I don't think anybody's jumping for joy to get Ranger Suarez. And uh, Art faded Ranger because he is in great danger. His ERA and whip is high, which gives Art great anger. There, was, <laughs> there was once when Ace Carlos Carrasco is held has been a fiasco. <laughs> Y'all need to quit while you're ahead. Um, Marty, you want to give your last two guys here? Absolutely. Um, Rowenzi Contreras. So I've pretty much any, if I'm in a draft, I've drafted him this year. Um, ADP 289, 85th pitcher off the board. Uh, the triple players ball. Um, I got him in the 19th round is my sixth XP. I like, I like where he's at. Um, his 2020 stats, 3.79 ERA with 86 strikeouts over 95 innings. He was optioned three times last year. And so he bounced back and forth from being a starter, a reliever in the minors, in the majors, People look to his um, his average of velocity of it was it's, at the beginning of the season it was ninety seven point one when he was coming out of the bullpen and everyone kind of freaked out in September when it was around ninety four point five yeah that's a big drop off but I mean look at Michael Kopech same thing you take someone from the bullpen you throw him in as a starter having him go four five six innings um, that that's that's what's going to happen so he's had this whole year off to focus on he's going to be a starter. He's worked on his changeup. He's worked on mm -hmm. his curveball to balance out. His, he has a good four seam and, and slider. So he has a solidified role. The front office says they do not have a plan to uh, cap his uh, his innings. So they're going to let him pitch as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see it. That's no cap? No cap. No cap. Okay. <laughs> Eric got it. Eric got it. I got do, it. Did we use that right? I don't 
I don't know. No, I honestly like, don't what, know. That's what the cool kids say. No cap. You, David, you should have taken off your cap and said no cap. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I like Rowanzi Contreras. I had someone ask me the other day uh, who thinks have more upside this season, Rowanzi Contreras or Mitch Keller. I feel like Rowanzi Contreras is the answer for that one, unless there's some real Mitch Keller believers again. No? Okay, good. I just want to make sure we're on the same. Uh, Mar- Mike's thinking I about I think it. he's got some potential, but I'm not like, all in on him saying everyone needs to draft him right now. Have you I not? I have like one share maybe I have, but. It's like the snake in Adam and Eve that uh, tell them to bite the forbidden fruit. That's not how the story goes. You're just like taking f- more and more bites of the forbidden fruit. You've been down this road before. <laughs> I mean, added a sweeper. Who knows? Mitch Keller burns the fantasy baseball community. That's what he does usually yearly here. Um, Eric, I think you're the last one. Give us your favorite and fade here. I didn't do. I'll do my fade real quick then. Uh, fades Michael Kopech. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm just not. He's coming off knee surgery. The White Sox already easing him in as a starter. I don't see him going over 125 innings and keeping his velocity. You know, it's just not. He's built for the bullpen. Um, by July, I bet his velocity's down, and the White Sox are looking for ways to probably, you know, pace it out because they should mm-hmm. be contending this year. So I don't expect him to be, you know, going over 120, 130 innings. They're going to save him for the uh, playoff run. That's my fate, also, Kopech. I mean, Marty pretty much touched on it. Mm-hmm. W- was a little bit short of 120 innings last year and had a 9.7 K minus walk percentage. I think, especially if they don't have Liam Hendricks and Reynaldo Lopez or Kendall Graveman move to the closer role. You see him be a long reliever, and that's when he was most effective. Um, he had a 36.1K percentage in 13 holds as a relief pitcher. So I'm with Marty on that. You're not he, – he's not even the closer. And in a saves and holds league, valuable. But other than that, probably not. Um, mm-hmm. And then my favorite is Hayden Wisniewski. Go ahead and try and make a poem out of that last name because you probably can't. Oh. I think he could sneak in as the fifth starter, and that's when his ADP will go up a little bit. But – he threw 142 innings across three levels last year. He's been pretty good at keeping the ball in the park, especially at Wrigley. Um, good at limiting walks at 2.180 RA last year. And only six starts for the Cubs, but went at least five innings in five out of their six. And is David trying to make a poem about it? With- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kind of works. <laughs> I'm interested to see how this ends. Uh, I have to think about it. There once was a man named Hayden Wisniewski. His parents said he was very pesky. That's all I got. uh, (laughs) Tune in next week. Yeah. (laughs) Finish the phone next week. Um, We're already over an hour. Simeon's got other stuff to do. I don't want to hold him anymore. So, Mike, thanks so much for hopping on the show and and doing our SP preview part two with us. Please plug the Patreon. Please plug all that you're doing, Twitter handle, all the stuff. Yeah, uh, you follow me on Twitter at SP Streamer, and um, we have the GTE Patreon, which again you can find the link on my Twitter. I know there's like an actual URL for it, but I never remember it. So yeah, <laughs> just check a link in the Twitter bio, right? At the That's top. right. There so you go. Are you going to be doing more of your um your little videos with you with the coffee taking a oh, sip? Are those coming? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could. I uh, those I've better been... not go behind a paywall. If you do, you're. Oh, a no, seller. they would never. They're 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 never. They would never. It's smart to put them behind a paywall. No, I know, but that's worth paying don't. for by itself. <laughs> no, no, that would not never be behind a paywall. That's a Twitter. People thing. need to know: is there coffee actually in that mug? 
There is always coffee in there. Yes, yeah, that was the, that was the myth coffee. Once in a blue out. moon, I'll have just like water in there for some reason. But yeah, that was a myth that we tried to debunk early on. That I didn't actually I see him swallow, and he was just do this, and there was nothing there. I would I take because like, I would take small sips because nine percent of the time when I'm doing it, it's like when I just made the coffee, so it's like piping hot. <laughs> so I like I can't take like a gulp of it. I love I mean? to see the outtakes of him like. Uh, Choking the death. <laughs> there was a, a Logan Gilbert X flip. <laughs> there, there's a lot of fun. They, they, I think we made a gif of you when you were doing the dance. Yes. And then they need to do like a gif of you, like for if a uh, if like somebody one of the pictures you advertise one of your streamers does well, it's just like a gif of you doing this, just like a, a, a Kermit. <laughs> that would be pretty seat. funny. You, you know what came to my fun. mind when you guys were debating Mania? That that uh, meme you guys made of David's head on Bowser. I think I forgot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that'll be Mania versus Kelly this year. Well, we're gonna have some fun this year. <laughs> they got to be interesting for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, make sure you're following Michael at SP Stream. Make sure you guys are joining the Game the Edge Patreon. Link is in the his bio at SP Streamer on Twitter. We'll also put that in the podcast and YouTube description for you guys to check out there if you're interested. Uh, but for, I think that's it for us. Is there anything to promote? Uh, underdog fantasy use code triple hundred dollars match on your first deposit, triple players ball filled all four leagues that we're doing this year. Um, if you guys like the show, make sure you guys like it, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to hit 3000 YouTube subs by the end of this month. We're like 85 away. So if you guys like it, please make sure you're subscribed. So you don't miss a video. Uh, podcast appreciate you guys we're hitting a record number of downloads uh so really appreciate all of that and uh don't worry all season we'll be doing um streamers and uh marty's we're gonna do like new segments this year like marty's party who gets in for his lineup for the weekend and who doesn't make his lineup for the weekend we're we've got fun stuff cooking for this year um so make david sure you guys says, david says michael Simeone has better things to do and just goes on and rambles yeah i know i'm not I'm, <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> Not good for me here. No, uh, but for Mike, for Marty, for Elsie, for Doc, I'm D Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>